This is our fourth session on 1 Thessalonians 2, 5-8, and I want to linger over the phrase, a pretext for greed. We never came with words of flattery. So when Paul and Silvanus and Timothy came to Thessalonica, he's saying they didn't come flattering people, and they didn't come with a pretext for greed. I don't linger long over every phrase like I'm lingering over this one because we wouldn't get anywhere if we did. And some phrases are so painfully relevant to our present period of history and so pervasive in the burden of Jesus and of Paul that it calls for some focus. And so I'm going to spend the entire session thinking with you about how important it is that ministers of the gospel take pains not only to keep their lives free from the love of money, but to keep their lives from looking like they love money. And I can think of pastors this very day, some of them have spoken to me about this, whose lives do not look like they are free from the love of money. So, Father, as we handle this difficult and um, controversial topic that can easily fall into a wrong kind of judgmentalism, I pray that you would protect us from that, and yet you wouldn't let us escape from the tough words of Paul and Jesus in regard to the dangers of money in ministry. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. What is a pretext for greed? Well, I'll just show it to you in another place, right? So here, here it is. It's First Timothy. They are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. So here are people depraved, deprived of truth, and they are using godliness, forms of religion, in order to get rich. Sound familiar? On television, around the world, godliness is a means of gain, but godliness with contentment, in other words, being content with what you have, is great gain. But those who desire to be rich, that's these people, fall into temptation, a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. And that is what Paul or other ministers would be promoting if they came to Thessalonica this way. And Paul didn't want to plunge people into ruin, and he didn't want to go into ruin himself, and therefore he said and he practiced, I'm not in this for the money. So let's go back and get the fuller background from Jesus and Paul about what's behind this strategy of ministry. Let's go back to Jesus. Mark 10. Jesus said to them again, Children, 
how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Now, he goes on to say what is impossible with man is possible with God, because they throw up their hands and say, well, then who can be saved? But don't miss the warning. Riches are an obstacle. They really are. It doesn't say here that the love of money keeps you out of the kingdom. It says a rich person can get into the kingdom of God if a camel can go through the eye of a needle. That's a strong warning, wouldn't you say, about the dangers of riches? Why do riches have that effect? Jesus said, some of the seed, and the seed is the word being sown, some of the seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. What does that refer to? Here's the interpretation a few verses later. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, hear the word, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. Riches, pleasures that you can buy with riches, cares that you have when you don't think you have enough of riches, destroy Christian people, destroy lives, choke the word. That's why the Pharisees couldn't read their Old Testament. The Pharisees, who were lovers of money, heard all these things and ridiculed Jesus. If you love money and you hear Jesus giving you some hard sayings, the only way to protect yourself is to ridicule him. We don't usually think of religious people, and these were the most religious people, as lovers of money, but that's the whole point of Paul here when he says, I'm a, I'm a religious person. All I do is go around the world trying to save people from destruction by preaching the gospel, but I'm not in it for the money. Well, the Pharisees were in it for the money. So don't be like the Pharisees. That is, Luke 12, Jesus said, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. Take care, take care, take care, Paul. Take care, all elders who are told not to be lovers of money. What's the alternative? Freely you received, freely give. We should be so overwhelmed by the freeness of the gospel that we would be loath to make money off of the gospel. And therefore, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 2.17, we are not like so many peddlers of God's word. We, we are not in this for the money. We don't sell the gospel. The gospel is free. But as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God, in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. Therefore, Acts 20, 33, I coveted no one's 
silver. I coveted no one's gold. I coveted no one's apparel. He's obeying the words of Jesus. Watch out for all covetousness, Paul. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities. In other words, he worked hard so that he didn't have to do his evangelism by taking up money from unbelievers. Other churches supported him, and he worked with his hands. So, 1 Corinthians 9, If we have sown spiritual things among you, is it too much if we reap material things? Sounds like he's asking for money, right? If others share this rightful claim on you, do not we even more? Nevertheless, we have not made use of this right. Preachers who say, I have a right to live in lots and lots of houses. I have a right to make lots and lots of money. I have a right to dress lots and lots of lavish ways, drive real expensive cars. I have a right. That's not the point. <laughs> if you want to be like Paul and like Jesus, you don't think in terms of rights. We have not made use of this right but we endure anything rather than put an obstacle in the way of the gospel. And believe me, pastors and evangelists and Christian workers who get richer and richer and buy bigger and bigger and better and better and more lavish and more lavish, they are putting an obstacle in the way of the gospel of Christ. So, back to our text. We never came to you with words of flattery. We're not trying to make you feel good by saying nice things about you. It's about the truth, not about making you feel good with deceitful language. And we didn't come for your money. God is my witness. I do not covet your money. I'm not driven by greed. So, I pray that we all who care about the Word of God and have any responsibilities to set a tone or set a good example for unbelievers in the way we handle the Word of God would not make it a pretext for greed.